0: Greetings, friends. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Film Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here for a brief introduction and a little bit of business before today's very exciting episode. People, it's official. Your friends here at the Film Alchemist are on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash film pod. For as little as a dollar a month, guys, you can join the Patreon community, see our, uh, Meet our friends over there, see the great stuff we're working on building. And as you climb the official Highlander tier ranking system, you can actually make this show exactly what you want and deserve. That's right. You get to select the very specific movies that you want for a patron exclusive library. Guys, we understand dollars are hard earned, so we're working hard over there to make sure that we're earning them as well. And I assure you, every dollar helps, guys. Again, as little as a dollar a month, you can join the fun at patreon.com slash pod. You can go to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist, and see video versions of most of our podcasts there. Make sure to subscribe. We have some other videos there, too. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social media you're on. And be sure to leave us a five star rating and review wherever you find podcasts. Helps us fight back against the algorithmic uh, parka axe wielding killers that oppress us. Uh, that will make sense soon, I hope. Oh, right, guys. That's enough business. Let's get to the getting on, as they say. You know the deal. Thirty one days, thirty one pods. The October Mega Marathon. We are nearing the end, guys, and this is one of the episodes I was most excited for. Today, we will be discussing Urban Legend. Uh, singular. Urban Legend singular. You'll hear that come back later in the show. Um, I will be up front and say this was not my favorite film we've done this month. I remember liking it a lot when I was younger, and I think our guests also remembered liking it a lot when we are younger, and like many things... Life changes, you know, and you you adjust and the movies change with you. The really cool thing about Urban Legend, I would say, is that Urban Legend has been the beneficiary of the film Twitter once over, right? So a movie that was maligned, but film Twitter takes it up as a cause and tries to remind us that the movie was not quite as bad as we thought. I think that my guest and I tonight agree with that, even if this conversation seems like we don't. Uh, Today I am joined by the great... Brian Salisbury you know him from Junk Food Cinema one of the absolute best film podcasts that you will find actually probably my favorite podcast of all time period now Brian and I went to film school together and it kind of lost touch and then through the sheer uh luck and wonder of the internet one of our listeners asked if I had heard Junk Food Cinema's Highlander episode right so I went over to check that out it was wonderful as always lo and behold There's my friend, Brian, absolutely killing it. So during the quarantine and pandemic, we were able to reconnect. Uh, I got to meet a bunch of people in the junk food cinema community. Just wonderful, wonderful group of people. They also have Patreon and all that good stuff that you can find in the show notes. Brian also does a wonderful wrestling podcast. For those of you who are into pro wrestling, it's called Replay Per View with his brother, Blake, who's also a wonderful guy. Um, And I will say over the last year or so, right, with the pandemic and quarantine, there hasn't been... An enormous amount to be excited about in life all the time. Getting to reconnect with Brian and uh, getting to know a lot of people in the junk food cinema community was absolutely the life preserver I needed during those rough times. Brian is a fantastic guy. Everyone who knows him knows he's very funny, right? What I like the most about Brian, right, that I don't know if everyone knows is Brian just has this absolute enormous heart, right? He, We all know he loves movies. But if you're one of Brian's people, he will go out of his way to do anything he can to make your life better. He loves uh, his people very much. He's a great dad. He's a great father. He's a great friend and a great person to talk about movies with on a podcast. I honestly feel really lucky that he was able to make the time to come join us. I hope you guys enjoy us trying to remember what it was we liked about Urban guys welcome to the show i'm so excited uh i've been dying to have brian on for a long time you run one of my absolute favorite podcasts in the universe uh would you like to introduce the uh yourself to the people and then uh introduce the movie you chose and why
1: i would love to yes hi i am brian Salisbury, first time long time and uh yeah i run a podcast called junk food cinema with c robert cargill it's a uh, it's a podcast that satisfies, if I may borrow slash steal from a popular candy bar. I mean, we talk about movies we love, it, regardless of how substantial that movie is or what its Rotten Tomato score or what the critics think about it. it it's it, a lot of times movies with a lot of flaws. Uh, we like to say sometimes it's not a good movie, but it's a great movie. Um, <laughs> so that's that's kind of where I'm coming from, and I'm so glad you asked the question why urban legend um because as i revisited it for this episode i found myself asking wait why urban legend and trying to figure out whose idea this whole thing was
0: yeah so you came in real hot like right away urban legends and i was like oh i bet brian has like some magnum opus like unfurling right like i'm going to see the atoms of the universe right like when they see inside that little fucking cat necklace and men in black of course, and I'm going to be like urban legends is finally going to click because I don't know. You see this on film Twitter a lot, especially with horror movies where everyone's like, I'm going to I'm going to shake the Internet today as I'm going to go back and have just this full hearty defense of movies that were terrible when they were released. Uh, and urban legends has been the beneficiary of that. Uh, I, I, are you I, watching it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you rewatch it. <laughs> And you shouldn't do that, that's really where we went wrong uh, <laughs> we we rewatched it for the episode. We did our due diligence for a podcast, and that's yes. really where we fucked up. yeah <laughs> I don't uh, dude i i mean you're you're you were hoping I'd come in with like a star baby thesis that would make you see the plaid yeah. of the universe, yes, and instead, it's more like a repressed memory of a stepdad that didn't treat me very well. Because I remember this movie being so vitally important to my teenage horror education because, yeah. I mean, Scream came out when I was 12 years old. Yeah. And it was such a monster watershed moment for horror and so pivotal to me as a horror space baby, if you will, becoming <laughs> horror space tween. And yeah. <laughs> I just I having just enough of a background in slashers at that time to understand what Scream was doing and really... Uh, appreciate it and and understand that that's what movies could do like i never i was just learning what movies were on a surface level yeah so the discovery that movies could exist beyond the surface and have any kind of like subtext was something that i feel like i learned from scream and what that meant for movies to exist on multiple levels and so of course i don't know that i could have articulated that at the time it was probably just woo stabby guy scary fun yeah Garage door kill. Right? Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I feel like that's why all of the repellent scream carbon copies, you know, the, the, the scourge of Kevin Williamson on horror in the late nineties oh, is yeah. something that I feel like we're still recovering from. And there's a,
0: I, yes, that's a great point because we're in this kind of new phase now where everyone thinks that right now is a new golden age of horror movies. Yeah. And every time someone's like, this is a new classic slasher, I watch it. And it's just them doing the very meta tongue in cheek. We know we're in a slasher. And I'm like, guys, this was done in 1995 or whatever. Yeah. And, and yeah. Kevin Williamson kind of essentially crafted like the Kevin Smith film of horror movie guys. Because it's like when you saw Clerks, you're like, oh, my God, people like me make movies. There's people behind the cameras. One of those first like kind of. It's not just like a magical thing that fucking pops in. And yeah, Scream was one of those. We all loved it. Everyone who saw Scream that's our age, that was like our big horror movie moment, right? Right. And then, yeah, it, it's kind of, you know, the first guy who gets it. It's the monkey in Outbreak. Like, now he's just fucking running amok. Yeah. And we never got the helicopters to shoot him down. <laughs> and then the, the fact that Kevin Williamson was not the writer or director of this movie gobsmacked me. Because I yeah. I always remembered this movie as Kevin Williamson's plea to have his career be murdered, right? <laughs> like I I remembered this as Kevin Williamson like to fly like kill me so I don't have to make this movie anymore. Because this is a film that seemingly absolutely despises the kind of movie it's making.
1: Sure. <laughs> yeah. No. It absolutely. And I, I first of all I love that you found a paraphrasing of the canary in the coal mine maxim that is both simultaneously cinematic and yeah. wholly inappropriate for the world we live in today uh, <laughs> so kudos, kudos that again you're existing on multiple planes and i yeah. i'm just learning what that means but yeah no i i, I feel like i chose urban legend because I, I i'm well i was well aware that it had faults but just something about and, and it's really Part and parcel with what junk food cinema is which is that i recognize that this movie i could recognize from space that this movie has flaws but something about the experience of watching this movie and it's probably because of the rose-colored glasses is always going to be satisfying to me it's always going to scratch a particular itch yeah uh but can we start with the title of this movie and how it doesn't make any fucking sense
0: yes let's start there
1: let's start with the title and work Let me our pull way out down my chris
0: jericho list of <laughs> but yeah it's a
1: urban legends plural but it's not it's not it's well yeah i'm sorry you're right the the, the premise is remember yes. what scream did with horror movies we're gonna do that with we're gonna yeah. we're gonna make scream for the library nerds for the <laughs> for,
0: for, for the someone kids. who has that ant that you don't really want at thanksgiving
1: Right, it's like <laughs> right. the 12-year-olds who are like, I'm not going to go see Scream because I'd rather read a book. Yeah, uh, have, you guys you heard, did-
0: have you guys read Sleepy Hollow? Five times it fucking rips,
1: dude. This movie is trying... You know what it's trying to do, Griffey, is it's trying to yeah. prove to everyone that you shouldn't give this movie a swirly. Like, that's... <laughs> it's trying to convince you that hours spent, you know, in the library reading, like, dusty old anthologies yeah. of of, you know, folklore actually is way better than going to the movies and getting getting jobs and scream two or something no and and that's that's really what this movie is all about It's like no this is cool too i promise you and the title the problem i have with it is we were talking before we were recording uh, and we kept saying urban legends and and i've said for years urban legends and then i was like no this movie is just called urban legend singular Singular, which would make sense if they were only talking about one urban legend. But it turns out this movie cannot exist without a buffet of various urban (laughs) legends. So why would you sing? (laughs) Why wouldn't you pluralize the title? Because that's what the fucking movie is.
0: Yeah. Also, it's a weird Hollywood move to be like, let's promise them less. And then shock them once they get in. You know, Maybe they were just first taste is free. First legends free
1: the one like pedantic drax the destroyer who's that literal who watches this (laughs) watches this movie and gets upset because they're like now hold on this was called urban legend and i've counted more than one so far yeah
0: (laughs) dude i actually want to meet that guy
1: i I just like to have a
0: beer with that guy and just be like how do you exist in the world (laughs) right
1: Like, He's the guy that turns the movie off after the 10-minute cold open, which yeah. ideally we all should do because the first 10 minutes of this movie is a great short film, yes. and it it just insists upon the rest of the movie being shown, and that's the problem.
0: Yes, because the opening is essentially right. We're doing, like, the classic, you know, 90s jam. She's in the car. Uh-huh. You've got Brad Dwarf. Like, that is the one thing that and, – and I'm with you. This movie, I just remembered fondly because this was just the era of – Me and my friends getting ripped and going to watch literally any horror movie that existed. Sure. And again, my going to any horror. I'm kind of like Coral from The Walking Dead, right? Like just when I became a man, some shit was going down and I had to adjust for the atmosphere around me. And it was just this and Valentine and I know it's you, like whatever the fuck, right? Someone Mm -hmm. in a thing killing teenagers, right? These were the movies we got. Yeah. And so I remembered this movie very fondly. And then I started watching. And again, that opening is fucking great. And anytime Brad Dorf shows up, I'm like, this is a good sign. This is going to be great. And he's wonderful in it.
1: He's great. But then we quickly realized that this movie (laughs) has the same problem as uh, the Prophecy 3, which is not enough Brad Dorf.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of movies that make that mistake, right? Uh, yeah. there's also the problem of when we introduce Brad Dorf, we just hold the camera on him for what feels like 2 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh to make us know that cuz this is what this movie's doing is that it just wants to cheat constantly cuz it knows we're not buying into the premise in right. any way shape or form. And so there is this hard pull of like, oh, it's Brad Dorf and he's doing a thing. And then wait, who breaks a window open and then goes out of it backwards? Right. So there's a lot of that kind of shit going on the whole time where it's your your mind is constantly like, I can't I can't follow your heart all the way down this rainy path.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And and here's the thing. And I'm going to I talk about this a lot on my show about the M.D.B. And the you know, yeah, the for those of you who don't know, it is the most credible movie news source online because it can be edited by anyone. uh, What could go wrong? Which is always what you want, but the thing that, you know, it's the trivia section of the MDBA where I take (laughs) the most exception because 90% of the time, bro, that's not trivia. Yeah. And I I thought we were entering in this opening specifically. There's a piece of trivia that I thought was going to be along those lines, but then it takes such a hard left turn at the end of this trivia nugget that I just had to share it with you. Uh, Because again, when you first hear it, you're like, oh, this is that thing where they tell you what the make of every gun was in every action movie because people do that. Yeah. People be like, "Did you know that this is a howitzer whatever whatever?" Like, "No, I didn't know that. And my life is not enriched for knowing that." You fucking <laughs> somehow Venn diagram purple circle of a gun nut and a yeah. film nerd. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Anyway,
0: I like being divorced and guns and matinees. That's what I live for.
1: <laughs> I like I like throwing a tantrum about freedom and yeah. I also like boobs and horror films. Like, I just okay, yeah. fine uh my circles
0: be- are very full thank you
1: it's just the circle jerk so the <laughs> trivia says the suv driven in the beginning was originally supposed to be a land rover it was changed to the ford expedition and i'm like okay that who cares sure and then it says because the filmmakers discovered they couldn't swing an axe inside of a land rover can you imagine being <laughs> the ad who discovered on that day oh wait a minute guys we gotta change out this vehicle because you can't swing an axe in a land rover that should be a fucking commercial for uh uh for the for the the expedition well no (laughs) yes for the expedition exactly it's like do you i'm I'm imagining samuel like hey do you want a reliable suv (laughs) that you can also swing an axe in and decapitate a college girl we
0: all buy SUVs because we start a family. But what if that family betrayed you?
1: <laughs> right? Ford, Ford Expedition. Heads will roll. Yeah. And then Life is the an
0: expedition, not always up. <laughs> right? Like Boom, we're in. Dude, that would be great.
1: Life's an expedition, not a decapitation.
0: <laughs> well, you can also do that. You can not only swing an axe in it, but suffer no consequences from axing someone when the vehicle's going full speed. Well, that's the
1: patented self-stop mechanism in every expedition.
0: Yeah, and then uh, the dude walks up and he's like, actually, I'm going to go down the end of the bar. I'm going to go further down the bar. This version of Sam Elliott, not my favorite. Exactly.
1: I don't want this sarsaparilla. It feels like something may be tainted in here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, here's the thing. It's 19, presumably 1997 they're shooting this movie. In a Ford SUV, you cannot tell me that thing's not going to flip as soon as the driver's head gets cut off.
0: Yeah. Or the fact that any vehicle in the 90s was not big enough to axe murder someone in. I don't accept that. I don't. As a Midwesterner, I don't think that's true.
1: Uh, Canyonero. Yeah.
0: Speaking of wanting to axe murder people, um, every character in this movie we meet in the very next scene. And this is... It's funny because there's so many actors I love, right? Like I am a huge Smallville fan. So Michael Rosenbaum being in this was delightful. I think he's yeah. one of the great underappreciated actors, right?
1: And one of the few people on that show who didn't become a recruiter for a sex cult. So he's got hey, that going for him. There
0: you go. So that's not super hate. <laughs> uh, actually, he was in my softball league. Shut nice guy. Yeah. And he runs a charity kickball event every year in southern Indiana. He's a fellow Hoosier. He's a great guy. I love Michael
1: Rosen. I feel like you. OK, so am so, sorry to take a <laughs> sidebar here, but yeah one of my favorite things about us reconnecting as people is that <laughs> you apparently wandered out into the cursed earth for all the years that we we didn't really talk, yeah and you came back yeah. with all of these fucking incredibly deranged celebrity encounter stories, yeah,
0: yeah, I did. I did for real. I became a bit of an urban legend myself, Brian. that's what the, happened yeah, but we my used whole thing- to sit in these enormous places asking True. each other if we wanted to go somewhere and talk when we were in college together yeah that's what we did and then yeah it just took a turn for me man
1: i'm just imagining a- like you get to la and you, you're the one guy that like you know they're handing out the maps to stars homes and you find the one in like entirely designed by david lynch and yes. every place you go in la you don't you don't just run into celebrities you run not into celebrities that like personal fight clubs, sex dungeons. Like, I don't know how you fucking pulled this off.
0: Well, yeah, that was like one of the first weeks I was there. I ended up at that Glendale orgy on accident in my softball uniform because it was after a game. But this is, you know what it is, Brian? It's Midwestern, well, I don't want to make a scene. That's what happens. You just find yourself people saying, hey, do you want to do this? And you just go,
1: all right. I don't don't want want to make a scene, but I'm also going to invite myself to the orgy. Like, You're the the scene is made, man. Like, it's okay for you to be involved. The scene is already made. Yeah, man. Well, you
0: don't want to be the rude guy at an orgy. Like, that's probably the worst guy you can be. Like, if there's like a list of guys, right? And it's like, number one, I don't want to be anyone in Urban Legends. Sure. And then number two, I don't want to be the rude guy at the orgy, right? Like, that's not the life I'm trying to lead.
1: But there's an interesting connection there because the director of this film, Jamie Blanks, is Australian. And in, when you went to LA, you immediately went cockabout. So <laughs> it just that's seems true. appropriate that we're talking about this now.
0: That's true. <laughs> but yes, that's what I, that's what I mean, though. So Brian, what did you make? Um, how did you how did you try to to square the circle, as it were, on just these cast of characters? Right. This is very much the anti-scream where they're like, "Hey, here's a bad guy, but we'll give you Matthew Lillard, who's impossible to hate." yeah this movie went the other way on this pretty hard what did you (laughs) what you how did you get through this man
1: well i mean first of all in true post scream with the dna of kevin williamson all over the screen whether he's involved or not his fingerprints are on this one of the hallmarks of those movies was they would get a hot young cast yeah. and they would write characters you know everybody talks about how film criticism is is diseased right now because it's infected with all of these critics who think that they're smarter than the movie mm-hmm. these post scream <laughs> slasher flicks wrote characters yeah. that tried to be smarter than the movie and yes. and just like are just just quip machines and don't speak a la- they speak the language of one-liners that no actual human speaks And that's, you know, strike number one, but it's a little bit forgivable when you you go through the trivia and you realize all the people they tried to get for this movie. They tried to get Jennifer Love Hewitt. They tried to get Sarah Michelle Gellar like they they basically tried to make this a clone of not so much scream, but I know what you did last summer and just things kept falling through the cracks. I mean, as it stands. (laughs) As it stands, <laughs> you still have Joshua Jackson, who is so hot at this point because of yeah. Dawson's Creek, mm-hmm. so hot that they have to make it in a, like overt reference to it to remind it's yeah, it, it ventures into Friedberg and seltzer levels of <laughs> of yeah. like, reference because we think the audience is stupid. And, and believe me, I'm a person who thinks that subtlety is overrated, but even I'm like, we don't need to hear him play the Paula Cole song even for a second to remember what show he's from.
0: Yeah, and it's also a really weird flex because it's reminding us that Pacey is in this movie. To me, he's always Charlie Conway, but that's just me. But yeah, attaboy, Pacey attaboy. is in this movie because we like him. And then he turns the radio off and proceeds to just try to, like, lie to this girl until she fucks him. Yeah. And I was like, wait, wait what? Right? Yeah. He's like, yeah, my girlfriend died. Maybe we should blow each other. Like, we have a lot of love to give you like, He becomes okay, Dawson's the uh, sex made. offender. Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> I And and yeah. that's really the troubling thing because it also, it, dude, when they do this in movies, it always yeah. bugs me because it's like, are you then suggesting that this is a world where Dawson's Creek exists and there's another actor who's the star of it? Or oh, is this shit. the world where Pacey is also Joshua Jackson, also starring in the show, but then moonlighting as a college student at this bullshit yeah. Toronto... It's, by the way, shot at Toronto University. Uh... <laughs> It, this isn't even the best movie shot at this college. I just want to let you guys know this: there is a 1986 film called Murder Party. Yeah, it's called Murder Party. Um, <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm sorry, that's a different. That's a that's a more recent movie, Killer Party. Killer Party. Okay, yeah, which is about uh, it's like a it's it's very 80s, very like. <laughs> pseudo giallo where it's about like yeah. a hazing ritual that goes wrong and then there's a demonic spirit in this frat house movie. that yeah it's so much fun though dude it is yeah so much more fun than watching urban legend um but i just i just wanted to throw that up. but yeah it's like you got him you got michael rosenbaum who really wasn't much at the time but would become more famous mm-hmm. and you got jared leto who is like i don't know fresh off a of switchback i don't know what are we doing here
0: yeah what uh, jared leto at this point was still not who he became right like this is even before requiem where he was like oh now he's like an indie darling uh but it's also a requiem then near
1: int- killed quiem
0: <laughs> this is also a low-key uh anti-justice league movie right we have like a, a sinister villains assembling movie here with lex sure. luker and the joker like, this could this could have been something, man.
1: This could have been an alternate universe, something. See, that would have made this movie better. What if instead of right. one slasher who's just aping all of these urban legends, what if you found a way to bring <laughs> the monsters and the antagonists from all these urban legends into the real world, and they form, like, a a, a legion of doom? It's like Fuck. you have the the guy who kills the babysitter, by like, have you checked the children? And you have the guy in the back seat, and you have yeah. the guy who, I don't know, worked at the Pop Rocks factory, whatever. Like... <laughs> All those guys come into the real world and they have to join forces together.
0: <laughs> okay, we have to talk. Because I was like, in microcosm, I feel like this is everything I love and hate about this movie. Was our philosophy scene, right? Mm-hmm. So Robert England's the professor. And I was like, man, this is great. And then they just really try to ratchet up the tension yeah. of Pop Rocks and Pepsi.
1: Yeah. yeah. For like a long yeah. time. Yeah. And then also,
0: we we went to college together, like I said. This has some of the funniest shit. The 90s were obsessed with showing a version of college that is absolutely nothing like how college was. Yeah. Did you ever have a college class where there were just like three guys like hilariously yucking it up, doing an open mic session to the whole class?
1: Yeah, it was European Film Studies with you.
0: (laughs) That's right. So that one, that one time where we got kicked out of class, well, I got kicked out of class that one asking, time by the way
1: for asking a completely legitimate question that was in no way incendiary whatsoever it was right. just like and i remember your reaction was all of our reaction was like wait why why, why is he are you throwing this guy out <laughs> i was
0: fine so i was like i'll just go to the bar and plan my revenge uh <laughs> but yeah it's it's i don't know i i like to often think like as a screenwriter as an executive. Like, what's going through the brain is you're like, oh, Pop Rocks and Soda, fuck yeah. yeah. I think there is an absolute arrogance at the core of this film that is bothering to me, right? Sure. Like, sure. Even t- I was like, the fact that this, because you said it best, right? This movie thinks it's so good yeah, that yeah. the characters four or five times even make fun of the premise. An urban legend's killer, that's pretty fucking far-fetched. And I was like, yeah, no fucking shit. Like, don't don't write my
1: complaints for me.
0: (laughs) the movie just literally was like, we're with you. And it's all going to pay off until
1: it did. (laughs) The movie is filling out the test screening card for me as I'm watching it. Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, if you can't if you can't build a movie on the like two or three biggest, most well-known urban legends and you're going to call the movie urban legend, maybe just stick to one like. Yeah, you know maybe just like have this whole movie be the investigation of that one and don't okay because here's the other thing speaking of the characters trying to be smarter than the movie (laughs) uh because in any post scream kevin williamson ish slasher film the because i remember scream and thinking like there are there are points where billy and stew's plan requires a lot of other people Mm -hmm. and then i watched this movie and i'm like Jesus Christ this could this plan this grand scheme by our killer should have been derailed 700 times this is like trying to play mousetrap and you only put the first and last piece of that trap together and expect it to work
0: this is also like trying to play mousetrap where it just never works like it just never really works and you've never played the game you've just like launched the trap like three times you're like all right fuck this game (laughs) <laughs> this is like
1: playing Mousetrap where someone has taken a hot steaming shit in that little bathtub that the guy is supposed to fly into. Like,
0: Are you saying we're the One Piece swimming suit dive board guy?
1: Yes. <laughs> He's diving into now a bathtub full of shit, full of yeah. like hot Taco Bell diarrhea because the- <laughs> there's just so much about this script that I'm like, okay, you- this movie really does think it's great. One of the One of the reasons you can tell that this movie thinks it's brilliant is that it's a fucking R-rated slasher movie where they've intentionally done most of the deaths off screen and they've, like, curbed all the blood and gore. And I'm like, yeah, because that's what people post-Scream are tuning in for yeah. is the lack of kills, the lack yeah. of gore and violence.
0: This is very much the anti 80 slasher, right? There's no boobs, yeah. no blood, no gore. Uh, and also, it's one of those two. It's kind of a maybe a weak complaint. But I was like, in the grand scheme, like, it's a slasher tradition, right? Trying to figure out what their outfit is, right? Their mask, their whatever. Is this the worst but possibly most functional (laughs) slasher garb of all
1: time? I would agree with the worst uh, slasher garb of all time. And it's not functional. And here's the thing. (laughs) Again, just this this movie thinking it's brilliant in that it cannot, it's so precious about everything that it's, everything in that script, it's so precious about, to the point that they literally wrote this movie. This is a real fact. They wrote this movie to take place in the winter. It was supposed to be a winter horror film, and that is why the killer wears a parka. Uh, then they get to where they're shooting, and it's like unseasonably warm. there is no snow nobody's wearing jackets none of like none of the background people are wearing jackets because it's not cold so they had two options uh a they could truck in a bunch of fake snow and keep the premise as is and keep the killer in the parka or they could just lose the fucking parka but jamie blanks or the screenwriter i don't know was like "Uh uh-uh without that parka this movie don't work we are keeping the parka (laughs) so what you have is a what appears to be a parka clad summer serial killer yeah in a new hampshire college it's just like wait why the parka then just make him wear, make him wear literally anything else because i got news for you parkas do not come with shading we'd they be don't able to come see with their the fucking, fucking face, face
0: mask yeah. the green man mask that everyone wears at sporting events they don't have that you're not the slender man also there's these fucking funny they they think this is going to be an iconic costume because they show it at the start of the movie it's in the back of the girl's mm-hmm. car in the first scene Sure. And I was like, oh, so she came to serial kill without even like doing the outfit. And she's right. just like, win in Rome. <laughs> right? Win win in the expedition. Right? Win in
1: unseasonably warm Melbourne. <laughs> win in unseasonably warm Melbourne, New Hampshire, that is entirely too difficult to say. Yes. Should be a vocal warm-up for actors. So <laughs> you're welcome for that.
0: The other scene with the parka that I actually loved is when they just cast the janitor who you're like, this guy has to be up to no good. And he's like, I got the coat for you. And he has the exact same women's parka. And you're like, so is this guy a body collector? Yeah. Or or is he just like, I like ladies' clothes. Don't judge me.
1: Because then it's wildly progressive. Right?
0: It's like it's one or the other.
1: It just (laughs) makes the red herring aspect even stupider because it's like, everybody has this same fucking urban outfitters parka (laughs) and they all have it handy in what appears to be july yeah it just makes zero sense whatsoever. you never I was, know I, I do like say... what you're
0: saying though about the idea of the gods are just like gobbling up the cold and snow so like, we just don't want this movie to happen yeah. we're yeah. trying everything
1: <laughs> they really did try to stop this movie and you know the, the the sheer force of will that is urban legend would not be abated I, I mean, I will say, though, because I st- I'm starting to feel like the other episodes in this series have not been people hating the movies they chose. It's weird uh,
0: because I, I will say this, too, much to your great credit, because I found your show because someone's like, hey, this this podcast is great. And your favorite movies Highlander. Listen to it. And I was like, oh, my God, it's fucking Brian from Ball State. And I love your show because you guys and this it's the exact philosophy that we do, too. Right. Which is, hey, man, just try to like talk about movies you like. <laughs> But sometimes it happens, man. Sometimes you, you run across one.
1: <laughs> I just want to point out one more time: I'm not saying I don't like this movie. Like, that's that's yeah. what I feel like is the, is going to get. It's it's going to be the the thing that's buried, the central focus that's going to be buried by all of the shit talking. Yeah, is that I do actually really like this movie, and I will say that the 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 overall look and effect of the parka killer is great, especially when you put an axe in his hand. And I would I would pay so much money to travel to the universe where they were able to make this movie in the snow, like they originally intended, yeah. because then instead of scream, people are going to start drawing more uh, comparisons like John Carpenter's The Thing, and we're having yeah. a whole different discussion, man.
0: Yeah, or if the parka and the axe just had you know any connection to the world with which it exists. Like, I I feel like that's the issue with this movie is just it's one of those movies where you constantly have to, like, kind of shake your head and be like, wait, where are we? What's happening? Like, this is something that they love doing in 90s college movies. Right. Mm -hmm. Is the dorm rooms that are as big as everyone's entire downstairs. Good God. And they paired it with college kids who had the money and wherewithal to just decorate the shit out of their oh, rooms yeah. and this, the thought that Ivy league kids were so terrified of having a sex loving goth roommate, like Tosh from this movie mixed with Ethan Suppley from butterfly effect. If we could do like a cinematic mashup, that's the universe I want where those two are roommates yeah. And they're just having sweaty goth sex for like the whole series. Just like, you know, figuring out who's under the parka and just having goth sex all the time.
1: Yeah. That's an upgrade, man. That's uh Tosh. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I I love Danielle Harris and I love that she's in this movie. I love that she originally wanted to play the lead and they're like, "Yeah, we're thinking goth roommate." And it, <laughs> And I think hers is the death that's like most like Okay, let me get this straight. Okay. Let me see if I can I can follow your logic as the killer because you want to set up all these urban legends. Did you go into that room planning on murdering her and then just realized, oh, shit, the roommates, you know, Alicia Witt's coming in and she's not going to turn the light. That's the one I'll do. Or did you, like, start on fucking day one of registration? Or did you hack into the school's computer and be like, <laughs> I'm going to put Alicia Witt with the goth, sex-crazed, yeah. you know, uh, internet <laughs> lunatic So that there's a slight possibility that she will then have like get on these chat rooms and have sex with all these guys and always be like turn off the lights because you don't even first of all, you don't know setting them up as roommates that she doesn't that she's a not a uh, exhibitionist and B isn't fine with fucking with the lights on like there's so many elements of this that have to come together for this particular legend to work. And I'm like, there is no way that you had the foresight or the logistical background to put all of these things in motion.
0: Well, it is the great un, unspoken uh, moment of that scene where it's like, do you think I put on all these costumes and buckle all these straps to not show it off? You are fucking yeah. with the lights on. Whether they be black or red or whatever the fuck, you're fucking with the lights on if you're into costuming. Yes, and absolutely. also, I think it's a specific point of this that you want your roommate to see. You want to scare your normie roommate. And it sure. also lets you know that The killer must have had, like, some kind of American Pie webcam feed where he's like, oh, she doesn't like visual sex,
1: right? Just having to go on on AIM Messenger and set up a fake goth account. Like, how long do you think they were, like— how long do you think they were in that chat room waiting for her to like find them? Or were they participating in chats with other people just to like yeah. sow the seeds? Like there's so much background work that goes into this one kill.
0: Yes. And here's the funny part when we watch it today, it doesn't seem weird. And then as soon as you just started talking about the scene, I was like, Where was the other computer she was messaging because you had to be actually hardwired in back then? We didn't have cell phones.
1: Yeah, and she's like, I'm in your room. I'm like, no, you're fucking not because you're not hardwired in here, motherfucker.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're in the computer lab, motherfucker. How are you jumping out once she gets all the straps and buckles and nipple clamps on? How are you just jumping out of the closet?
1: How did you know she was going to say, let's meet up, get up, go to the bathroom for the exact length of time that you needed to – (sighs) this... <sighs> he's like, he's like, I better unconnect from the internet
0: so that I can get voicemails and then run over
1: and commit this This murder. killer is a time traveler. They have lived this life already, and now they are coming back. It's basically... Now, if this you told I like. Me, if you told me that this movie takes place in the Happy Death Day universe, and it's uh... the killer that's reliving the day over and over again to make their kills more effective, I would totally believe you.
0: Yeah, just cinematic as shit kills. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. do love that... <laughs> because it, it, speaking of just like insane kills right so we get the actual scream moment when she calls michael rosenbaum in the frat party mm-hmm. yeah somehow in the midst of this frat party she's able to microwave the dog who has the nose piercing and beer bongs at the frat sure and i was like yeah. this is one it's just fucking aggressive as hell right And two, I was like, what's your excuse to clear that kitchen? And no one smelled. Like, this is how we used to do in college, right? We would run around, and if someone was getting out of the shower or whatever, you'd be like, high five. And then you'd light their armpit hair on fire real quick, and the whole dorm would smell.
1: Griffey. You never did that? Griffey, I lived in the dorm with you, and I don't remember this.
0: (laughs) All right, this was a classic. When we were out at the Hacksack Circle smoking we would devise these <laughs> ruses <laughs> right we were very uh pacey we just wanted to fucking bring joy and theatricality
1: and pranks <laughs> <to> the
0: <masses. laughs>
1: but that <laughs> the, uh, the <laughs> trying to figure out how you escaped college without being like without basically being in a killer or a killer party situation where you accidentally murder someone by setting their armpit hair on fire and then exactly one year later they come back and get revenge on you?
0: Yeah, I feel like for sure if our college had been a movie, I would have been one of the guys that got got. <laughs> like, for sure there has to be a scene where I get an epic murder. Uh, but you How know, have that, you
1: not that, been revenge murdered is what I'm trying to say to you, Griffey, as again, a human being.
0: Midwestern decency—that is the uh, yeah. shield that protects me, right? Because I'm not Michael Rosenbaum in this film. uh <laughs> I will say this: I had a theory. Do you think maybe this just fell in the killer's lap, and that that dog willingly crawled into the microwave—the
1: <laughs> microwave that's up attached to the like the—it's the not a dog. big
0: dog, but is there any part of you that's like that dog is like finally sweet relief? Fucking <laughs> press that button. <laughs> <laughs> i'm
1: going home pacey
0: I... literally comes in on the night that he's like i'm gonna beat cheeks with this red-headed lady sure and he's like hey
1: 38 years old
0: yeah everyone is so fucking old looking in this movie uh yeah. and he's like hey we could go out to the woods and i'll try to seduce you with my dead girlfriend uh wooing or we can go pierce this dog's nose
1: yeah i i feel like that's a justifiable homicide to just stuff Durano and Pop Rocks down his throat. But yeah. also, here's here's the other thing. <laughs> if I remember correctly, uh, because I, I say if I remember because I just watched this movie and it's still I can't remember this. It's not a <laughs> Halloween party. It's just a... It's
0: weird because like four people look like they're in costume because it's celebrating the massacre right. that happened 27 years ago, possibly, and has nothing to do with the movie we're watching.
1: Sure sure and we had to make it 27 years ago cuz it couldn't have been 30 and just been a nice round number <laughs> that doesn't sure. feel authentic no of course not not in this movie but it's you're right they're celebrating the massacre and there are a couple people in costume but you got you cannot tell me nobody noticed somebody walking into the kitchen holding a dog and wearing a parka in fucking july yeah and it's just like nobody said nobody notices nobody talks to this person and, and, then, and then the killer is able to call Michael Rosenbaum from the party, and yeah. none of the background noise of the party is on that phone call. <laughs> this is 1998. Yeah. No cell phone is that good. No,
0: our cell phones were not. Again, I come back to the just the, the sense of this dog being microw- mercy killed in the yeah. microwave. That's going to draw people in a party. You could sure. never microwave anything without just this walking dead like Exodus. Like you guys make something
1: Dude, <laughs> I one time. I forgot to put water on my kids. Easy Mac and that should stunk up our house <laughs> for a day and a half. Yeah. And that was that was dry noodles.
0: Yeah. Burning hair is no joke. As I just explained burning hair. Not good guys. Try it. It burns out fast and you can squelch it with your own arm. It's a great party trick. This uh, episode
1: of Film Alchemist is brought to you by Burnt Hair Soap. <laughs> Smell like burnt hair all day. Like a I man. feel like
0: somewhere on Facebook there's going to be an ad for, like, burnt hair hipster soap. I get it all the fucking time. These guys are like, do you ever just feel like you're not fucking clean enough? And it's like a guy with, like, a giant beard but, like, a really weirdly skinny body who's, like, rubbing himself in a river. And I was like, what?
1: I hear that burnt hair hipster soap has spider eggs in it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> It's an urban legend.
0: Yeah, they were really throwing these urban legends out as if I would know it. Because I was like, wait, there's an urban legend about a lady who microwaved her dog?
1: Yeah, I I think that was. And I was like, is that
0: an urban legend or news? Like sad, tragic
1: news. That's a Florida headline. That's not an urban (laughs) legend.
0: (laughs) That's a soon to be Netflix eight part special. Like, what are you talking about?
1: (laughs) Evil non genius coming to Netflix.
0: It is the second time I'll reference the movie, but I did imagine the fly, right? (laughs) Where the sure. dog just, like, uses its paw. He's, like, a really smart, like, Air Bud dog. And he puts the shotgun right in his, like, septum ring. And yeah. he's, like, Kiyomi. <laughs> <laughs> and she does this, like, deep, deep thought. I felt that that dog had a bad life. And you shouldn't do that shit to dogs. That's why. I felt more for that dog than any of the characters. Yeah. So who else do we have in this fucking warlock of a film? Jared Leto. He's running around just being a huge piece of shit
1: in this whole movie. Who is somehow both Woodward and Bernstein and Rupert Murdoch in this movie?
0: Now, On I thought that same campus? thing. I was like, this guy who makes it out is thriving in today's world. Oh, yeah. This kid is loving today's broken
1: world. He, and he grows up to become his character from Nightcrawler. Like This is like where he learned
0: it. <laughs> the leto to Hall connection yeah i mean it's he's he's fucking because there's that scene where he's like i know this is a bad time but like i gotta ask you a question and she's like hey man suck a dick you're just trying to make everything worse he's like hey it's my job yeah it's, it's literally not your job
1: you're, you're literally the, the a hobby of the toronto university newspaper <laughs> like it's okay if you miss a gripping story here or there yeah because it literally doesn't fucking matter
0: i know it's not the almost pulitzer prize winning salmonella outbreak that was one of the lines in the movie i was like i love that someone had the fucking audacity to write that into a script as if we'd all be like hmm that tracks
1: the pulitzer prize (laughs) for local college newspaper journal i don't think that's a category yeah i I really don't (laughs) Like Division 4A (laughs) college newspaper articles I don't believe are eligible for Pulitzers.
0: (laughs) I mean, maybe, because he is going for it in this one. He essentially is playing the Ellen. You remember Ellen Page in Inception? Yes. You're like, oh, I like Ellen Page. She's a great actress. Then you watch Inception. You're like, oh, she's just here to ask, hey, how does this work? and then it's like and like a fucking one minute explanation of the world we don't understand
1: what if that's very much what jared Jared uh, (laughs) and what if his articles are all just questions he asks and there's no answers or follow-up or (laughs) course just like it's just literally him doing that sort of exposition dump via hey what's going on here that's the whole article is just hey what's going on here he just
0: has like his inner writer's voice is just Werner herzog
1: and just the the question mark is in like a 70 point font so it takes (laughs) some space
0: he's like word count am i right
1: (laughs) although i will say my best friend's roommate's cousin's dog won a student pulitzer for his article about a salmonella outbreak in a new hampshire college so
0: yeah i was like you know what would probably be a really good article to write who microwaved that fucking dog
1: (laughs) yeah let's talk about the dog microwaving outbreak on this campus and what's being done about that
0: now there's a moment with Jared Leto because I love that they unveil the end game of our crazy, uh, crazed incense killer. Is that you took my boyfriend and there's no way I'll let you also have Jared Leto, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what this all really boils down to. Is that she's like, I was pretty upset that you killed my boyfriend in a car accident, but I'm gonna get Jared Leto. So fifty fifty on it if I'll kill you.
1: Felicity that, is felicity. If you know what I mean. I mean,
0: so mad about it. Just really mad. And then when Jared Leto at the end is like, brilliant. And I'm going to need the details. I was like, are we to believe that he's not 100% sincere
1: in saying, I will join this criminal enterprise right now. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. 100%. He's on board with that. Uh, I mean, he wants to win another student Pulitzer. So he he will kill to, to obtain that. I, I don't know, man. Like, I still like this movie and I can't I I feel like the more we talk about it I'm losing my grip on the why of that affinity other than I was just raised with it I thought it was like I was a big fan of gimmick killers especially after scream like I like give me more of that especially if it's if it's vengeance related which of course is the thing that American slashers ripped off from giallo movies is that every slasher has to be motivated by somebody who's personally wronged them and it's usually one year ago or ten years ago on this night. <laughs> like it's just it's just a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this movie just I found it to be at the time very inventive with its kills. Although, you know, reading about how so many of the of what was shot of these kills and what was scripted w- weren't used in the final cut because apparently Jamie Blanks is like, no, in this movie we're gonna get our R rating with potty words. Uh, <laughs> We're shit, gonna dude.
0: we're gonna do a whole riff on college kids getting their genitals stuck together
1: via Tara Reed. We're gonna make jokes about <laughs> bestiality. We're, oh my okay, first of all, Tara Reed. First of all. Fucking yeah. first of all.
0: Now, uh, we're talking about the first great celebrity crush of my life that was not a cartoon. Because Jessica Rabbit would be number one.
1: I don't know that I could say she wasn't a cartoon because she was basically an animated cigarette. <laughs>
0: Now you know my type. That's all my tender said. Looking for an animated cigarette. (laughs) So much shit
1: starting to make sense. Uh, No, but like, and again, I think subtlety is overrated, but even I had to roll my eyes when I'm like, uh, along with the Pulitzer winning student newspaper, this college also has a, a radio show sex advice columnist person um who the first call we see her take is from a girl who has uh given oral to a guy and swallowed and now thinks she's going to get pregnant and her name are you ready for this Felicia Felicia <laughs> is her name because yeah. again subtlety is dead and it was killed by an axe in the back of a fucking Ford Expedition
0: as long as it wasn't a Land Rover it
1: couldn't have been a Land Rover otherwise it, it, there'd be it's some just, subtlety in this movie yeah
0: we can't lose the fucking thread of realism <laughs>
1: Yeah, imagine this movie is as subtle as a Land Rover, because that's really what's going on.
0: <laughs> a Land Rover that just plows over you and smashes you into those tire spikes. Correct. That's what the subtlety
1: that's is. That's a good kill. That's a good kill. That's a kill. great
0: fucking kill.
1: Legitimately good kill. I that's say. what
0: I mean. There's like two legitimately great kills, right? Like you kind I like the Michael Rosenbaum kill. I like that kill. That might be but, it. That but, might be what, about
1: it. What urban legend is that? The the legend of the severe tire damage? Like, I don't Yeah.
0: Well, that's what I thought with Tara Read is I'm like, is there an urban legend about someone tried to kill Dr. Drew? Like what what are we talking <laughs> about? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is this? The urban legend of I fell off some stairs and it was not cool. They made a <laughs> horror like... movie
1: about it. It was called Dr. Ruthless.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh <laughs> But yeah i it's $1 million, million dollars. i, I want to idea. be able to tell you the listeners that this was tara reed's talk radio i don't know that i can say that in good faith
1: i feel like this movie would have benefited from some bogosian just just like a bit of bogosian just like movie. just it like a, a just
0: like a frosting like a little just like a volcanic frosting
1: <laughs> really letting them explore some dark territory yeah I like
0: like the security guard uh, that everyone just knows by her first name, who's really into Foxy Brown. That was an endearing moment in the film.
1: Yeah, except who has a fucking gung-ho security? Oh, you know what? We went to Ball State. Never mind. Maybe I shouldn't ask that question.
0: Yeah, the Mighty Cardinals had our fair share of uh, guys who thought they were, uh, I mean, not Foxy Brown, Foxy fucking very whites. (laughs) We had an array of them. So Brian and I, for a little, context, we had a school, we had a shooting at our school where a security guard who had not passed enough training to carry pepper spray shot a kid. Yeah. So I would say that she's not in that genre of security guard, though. She's charming.
1: Yeah. These guys didn't. The guy that shot him didn't think he was Foxy Brown. He thought he was George Zimmerman. That was kind of <laughs> part of the issue. So, yeah, yeah I guess that's we, we, not the greatest. But, yeah, I mean, she's great in this, and, you know, and, and that, that, that Dean kill is great. But, again, I just I just come down to, like, how are these people involved in your boyfriend's death? Like, if this yeah. is all solely motivated by revenge, what the fuck does the Dean have to do with it? What does the security guard have to do with it? Like, I just, yeah. I don't well, get Well, think those... on
0: the fact that Robert England's character Wexler, the professor. Mm-hmm.
1: Professor was... Red Herring
0: yeah he was the sole survivor of a massacre at the college yeah gets his shit together overcomes his trauma but he's like i'm gonna help teach the minds of the next generation about murders i guess right sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe he has to take a little onus on that i guess so this guy just is like living his life and got caught in this shit
1: twice dude how twice he got caught up
0: in like a college massacre <laughs>
1: that dude gets to the pearly gates he's got some fucking words for saint peter like let me just get this straight i survive a massacre on campus as a student yeah i try to make my life better by uh, taking on teaching as a profession and molding young minds i mean a really thankless job especially in america and my reward for that is to be murdered by Felicity, who's just got like a, a grudge against somebody who just happens to be one of my students. I have no actual yeah. connection to what she's pissed off about. So I am yeah. just a I am just a casualty of her war <laughs> against subtlety. Evidently, yeah.
0: just angry teenagers are the fucking constant strife of his life. Well, also, yeah. like I loved her scene when she's no wonder he she kills is, them in their
1: sleep. That's all I'm saying.
0: I mean, hey. It makes sense to me, right? Again, sure.
1: wrongfully accused.
0: <laughs> this is the... <laughs> that's a that's a story for another day. Uh, I, I think it's in... Because she's really good once we get to the reveal of who the killer is, right? Yeah. I think it's not incredibly shocking, right? That There's a pretty she... obvious moment where you're like, it's going to be her or Pacey, right? Sure. Pacey's going to come back because I did write in my notes three times. I was like... Cool, 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 but physics. Cool, 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 but
1: forensics. No, those are classes they don't teach on this college. They only teach courses on urban it's legends. It's just strictly
0: cool. urban legends and journalism. And that's it. Excellent public pranking. But there's the scene <laughs> when Pacey falls through sideways the windshield. Yeah, and she shows up. And she's like, "There's a there's a murder out in the woods. We got to go solve this murder." <laughs> and I was like, "So she." Dragged his fucking corpse out of the car. Mm-mm. And it's like, I'll be back. <laughs> just sure. left him there. There's no blood in the car. And, uh, you know, Foxy Brown security guards just like kids and their pranks. <laughs> <was> like, what? <laughs> and There's like 15 of those moments in this film. Yeah. Where you're like the suicide one. Right. So I'm like, she slices her wrist like a lot, like a lot
1: a lot sure And
0: writes this huge fucking scrawling aren't you glad you didn't turn off the lights and then just crawls right back into bed under the covers and they're like obvious suicide
1: clear suicide (laughs) and when when she's like what about all the moaning i heard when i walked in she's like well she had sex a lot and i'm like who the fuck kills themselves right after they get laid
0: yeah right no maybe after you jerk off right sure maybe after you jerk off like there's a small part of me that's always like that'll be in my obituary you know
1: it's christmas day and i'm at my family's house what is wrong with me as a person
0: i'm laying in the closet with my feet on the door so no kids can come in and i'm just like where did it all go so south <laughs> yeah you hear the grinch playing through the wall and like the laughter you're like there's no warmth in this jerk off closet <laughs> It's just I me. wouldn't
1: touch you or you're thirty nine and foot pole.
0: <laughs> Even the ghost of the uh, Christmas presents. Just like, dear God,
1: how much better would this movie have been if it was set at Christmas in the snow like it was fucking originally? A million times better. Be.
0: I, I think there is a, a go to right. As soon as you add a season or a memorable holiday, that almost always makes a movie better to me. Yeah, I just think I, it works.
1: I think for as stupid as it is, his next movie, Valentine, because yeah. it's got the whole, you know, Valentine's Day element to it, is a better movie. It's not good either, but it's better than this, especially yeah. since there's there's less for, not there you're still having to leap over just grand canyon size chasms of logic for yeah. sure, but somehow easier than the logic chasms in this movie.
0: Well, I, I think what Jamie Blanks did, right, is he made entertaining films despite mm-hmm. themselves. Sure. I think the difference with Valentine is that it's not thinking that it's better than the movie it is and apologizing for it the whole time. Right. It's just like, here we go again. <laughs> here we go again. These rich white teens, am I right? <laughs> and, you know, that's just what he did. And Valent- I think Valentine's a dramatically better movie than Urban Legend. Uh It doesn't have quite the cast and this and that. And again, when she goes evil, her performance is really good. There's just not enough of it. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, maybe if that's what the whole movie's based on is this jilted lover thing. Or like, I'm going to get the claw game, Jared Leto peen. Like, let that exist for a minute. Like, let's think on that for a moment. Instead of doing the, oh, we got back in the car. We left the security guard there
1: because someone will find her and we didn't clear the body <laughs> Wait, and isn't it another situation where like okay spoiler alert rebecca gayheart's the killer i think we've made yes jokes for 15 minutes but <laughs> doesn't she do the thing that all slashers do where like it's not enough to kill these people we have to stack all the bodies in the big final reveal room yes and i'm like
0: what why? what do you think that is why do you what do you think that is the playing with bodies thing they
1: serial killers
0: love that shit.
1: They they do. And I'm like, do you think these people that you're tormenting forgot that these other people were dead? Because they didn't forget. Yeah.
0: It's a, it's like they do that in the original Halloween where I'm like, where I'm like, he really has an eye for like setting up these like Michael Myers is just like one of the first and hardest advocates of Pinterest. He's like, oh, my God.
1: Michael is looking for a house in Haddonfield that's near the cemetery and far away from Smith's Grove (laughs) Asylum. Yeah. Michael Myers says drab decor dies tonight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's just like all the way in. (laughs) Yeah, It's a weird thing that all these movies add. It's just it's very strange to
1: me. It's it's astonishing to me, I know this is not about urban legend anymore, but it's astonishing to me that a 1970s, like, cheap-ass bed frame could support the whole weight of a headstone. Like, yeah. it, when he puts it on, first of all, he lugs it up the stairs. Like
0: a 600-pound headstone, they said.
1: I never thought about how ridiculous that is until now. Like, I never, I never put two and two together, because I'm used to styrofoam headstones in my yard at halloween it's like oh that's yes. easy but like <laughs> this motherfucker goes to the cemetery rips it out of the ground onto the you know what he's operating he's operating on urban legend killer wavelengths yeah. he's like i may need this in case i murder a girl and want to display her body to another girl that i'll be stalking who got yeah. away for a moment and i want her to see he's really like he's planning ahead man
0: yeah he's playing it's, 4d it's, chess it's funny because everyone's like Halloween was scary because it was the really realistic movie. You're like, is that the movie we all watched? Is that what we were like? All right. <laughs> and, and that's your and that's your kink, man. That's fine. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Brian Salisbury, who has styrofoam headphones as well. If you put those above your bed and light a bunch of Yankee candles and lay on the bed like Buffalo Bill. Not always a turn on.
1: No, no, it's probably not. Also, Dr. Luma should have found him a lot sooner <laughs> Because all he had to do was stand in the middle of that quiet-ass suburb and listen for the... (laughs) Who the fuck is
0: CrossFitting? It's the 70s.
1: (laughs) Inevitably the... Fuck.
0: Oh, Oh my God. We're on a deadline. It's already 3.30 a.m. I got to do a whole hospital adventure. What the fuck?
1: (laughs) Did you just call Halloween to a hospital adventure?
0: I mean, that's how I would summarize it in my wrong? Sure.
1: Sure, 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 sure. I mean, not all adventures are happy. That's You know what? I can't argue with that. (laughs) I want to. I cannot.
0: Yeah. I mean, that movie literally could have been called Adventures in Babysitting (laughs) if we're renaming movies,
1: right? (laughs) See, I thought my alternate title for Halloween, 4D Murder, was going to take off, and then Adventures in Babysitting. God damn it. It's just right
0: there. It's just right
1: there. It could also be called The Babysitter's Club of dead babysitters <laughs> <laughs> the babysitters club colon we have openings <laughs> we're ready yeah man. membership opens tonight yeah. membership <laughs> opens tonight
0: <laughs> empty seats die tonight <laughs> we're turning this shit into costco i do think it's fitting though that our urban legends pod has just devolved into us talking about other movies that are better than urban legends. Because yeah. it feels yeah. like
1: that's what urban legends wants. I'm still going to recommend it, though, is the craziest part of this it's whole fucking thing. Is fun. Like, it's so much fun. And like, I I say all of these things and I point out all of these wild flaws mm-hmm. to warn you that if you go into this movie trying to make any kind of sense out of it, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. You really just have to understand That you putting no thought into analyzing the movie is far more thought than was put into writing the movie. Yes. And just kind of go with it.
0: Yeah. And again, the the performances are weirdly good because they're all playing these very melodramatic college kids. And it's got a lot of great people that pop up. It has, again, like one or two good kills it has this really weird philosophical like grappling you have to do with the dog scenes in the middle. Right. And all yeah. of a sudden you're just John wick. Like what the fuck? Uh, it, it's, it's strange because there, there's this thing that always happens, right? That was like the joke in the nineties that we always got movies in two, right? Whether, right. you know, asteroid and, or Armageddon and deep impact, right? Like we always had two, but there's this thing that happened in the horror movies where it's always like you get one that hits, like we got the ring, right? The American remake mm-hmm. of the ring. Now yeah. we're remaking everything.
1: Yeah. The J-horror the J phase.
0: Yeah. And I liked most. And then you like get to the point where you're like, oh, now we're period, parodying the parody. And it almost yeah. goes so full circle that it's enjoyable. Again. And that's what Urban Let... Because I'm telling you, when I watched this, this felt like Kevin Williamson saying, I am so sorry for what I wrought upon you. Mm-hmm. I also am sick of it and want to see it die horribly. <laughs> And that's what this movie is. It feels, it feels like they're just begging for you to turn the defrost on the microwave the whole time.
1: But if you give me enough money, I will make another one called called Valentine. And I do not give a fuck.
0: Yeah. Valentine was just as like, all right, I get it. I get it. We're here. We're here to do the kills. Fine. Great. That movie has better kills. It's more fun. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I think defaulting to just, you know, there, there are just those movies that are hard to defend. But you don't have to fucking defend liking movies, man.
1: No. No, you don't. And you just have to you have to be like Griffy. You have to show up at the orgy that is this movie and just kind of dive in. Don't ask questions. Don't make a scene. Yeah. Just dive into the <laughs> Kevin Williamson scream orgy that is this movie.
0: You're just like, this is a bit sus. Too late.
1: Boop. Too late. And I, then you're in. I do want... And, and we talked about this before, but... Because I remember you saying before we started recording that you were going to watch both of the Urban Legends movies, and I had to inform you that there are actually three.
0: Now that actually third... blew my mind. For real. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and the third one's called Urban Legends Bloody Mary. Okay. And your response was that one should have been just called Urban Legend, because it's literally colon one specific urban legend. <laughs> yeah.
0: That one is about one. <laughs> In part two, if I remember right, is about none.
1: Yeah, it's part two is about...
0: It's about caddy film students. And is yeah. actually better than this one, if I remember right.
1: It, it is somewhat. It's actually, I think, directed by Scott Derrickson.
0: Yeah, it's a little sharper and more focused on what it's doing. It's not constantly, like, winking at you. It's yeah. just making, like, a mean-spirited horror film.
1: Sure, sure, yeah, no, and I and I totally buy into that. Although I will say the, the one sequel that I always wanted was these fucking 38-year-old college students going up against Candyman. Like that's an urban legend <laughs> sequel that I could totally get into.
0: Well, right, and like they did the Bloody Mary scene, and you're like, that's not how you do Bloody Mary.
1: No, you don't, you don't look do at it a to dilapidated nothing.
0: front door. Like, what Sh-
1: the, fuck? the the only thing anybody knows, like I would grant you, I would I would bet money. That if you talk to somebody who didn't know a single urban legend in this movie, they've at least heard of Bloody Mary. And the one thing, the one thing they understand about that legend is that you have to be in front of a mirror. A mirror has to be involved. It's
0: wildly important.
1: (laughs) You take a class. Guys, you take the most crowded, populated, popular class on campus about urban legends. Did you learn nothing from this class? Because you think you can summon Bloody Mary by looking into an archway? Yeah.
0: In that classroom is visually represented the same way as, like, Hannibal's lecture in that movie in Rome. Like, this is, like, a very popular and big classroom. By the way, you guys should know
1: this. You just accidentally, if Hannibal Lecter ever wanted to come into corporeal form in the real world and have a podcast, Hannibal Lecture would be the name of that fucking podcast. Dude!
0: There you go. We should do a Hannibal TV show. (laughs) (laughs) It's just us lecturing executives on don't cancel shows that people actually like don't (laughs) do that anymore that's how every episode ends is just five minutes of screaming into the void
1: it's just us getting drunk on chianti and like talking about how (laughs) i'll eat a fucking i'll eat a dude i'll eat a dude brian (laughs) yeah again the hollywood orgies i get it
0: i meant like for keeps not for fun would you do you think you'd eat a man would you eat a man
1: I mean, I lived through the uh, the weird February blizzard in Texas where our entire power <laughs> grid failed because That's our right. governor's a shithead. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, like having to fight people for loaves of bread at the gas station. Like, I, I, mean, I consider it. See, I, so I think we'd all do it, man.
0: Those are my two theories in life: that everyone would eat someone else, and any two people left on an island long enough would have sex with each other. Those are the <laughs> sure. only two things I know for sure in this chaos, chaotic
1: world. And anyone left on an island with only the Blu-ray of urban legend would eventually kill themselves.
0: (laughs) Um, They just write something on the palm tree. Why? Oh, why is this the DVD?
1: Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the DVD player?
0: (laughs) Why are there so many special features?
1: (laughs) Right? nothing about this is special i don't care that this is the first movie to introduce the blue pepsi can i don't fucking care which is a true imdb trivia now, fact see, that actually
0: trivia. titillated me more than most anything else that we've talked
1: about which is funny because i think the the slogan for pepsi at the time was for those who think young and this is a movie populated with 40 year old college students so
0: <laughs> that was just something we did like when i watch netflix now right i was like why do these high school kids look so young and you're like oh wait because they are because right. they're supposed to. Uh, before we get out of here, Brian, do you actually know any urban legends? This is something I found myself asking. I was like, "Do I actually even know a fucking urban legend?"
1: I, I do know one actually uh, that my mom and my aunt used to tell me when I was a kid was is a story about a um, a car that breaks down near a railroad track, uh, or breaks down. Excuse me, on a railroad track. And it happens to be a certain section of a railroad track where a train derailed and hit, like, a school bus and killed a whole bunch of kids. Very, like, sad story. And then this couple is driving, and their car dies on the railroad tracks, and the train is coming, and they're panicking. And then all of a sudden, even though the car doesn't start, it moves over the railroad tracks just in time. And uh, the car had not been washed in a while. It was very dusty. And when they looked at the back of the car, there were all these tiny little handprints as if a whole bunch of ghost children had pushed the car out of the way um so that's a, this, a story that I, I i don't even know if it's an urban legend or just some bullshit that my my family made up yeah um but that's that's one that always kind of stuck with me as a kid
0: yeah i think the only one i kind of knew was just when a stranger calls right sure. and then we stopped telling it and you're like you could just watch the opening of when a stranger Calls. <laughs> but yeah we had that one i was almost an urban legend did i ever tell you about my my uh cousin who lived next door
1: first of all griffey everybody that i talk to about you considers you an urban legend because i'm pretty sure they think i'm making you up
0: i'm real i'm a real boy <laughs> now, did i ever tell you the story when my my cousin who i'm not sure what the phrasing is nowadays um but he had developmental issues okay um so my dad would get us every other weekend and he had a bit of a a drinking habit right so he would take us to mcdonald's and toys r us and he'd put us in front of tnt monster vision and go get hammered right and my grandparents went to bed at like six well next door to my grandparents lived they also grandparents like brother sister thing right like they grew up old together and they were just grandparenting side by side and
1: okay. there was
0: a guy there who lived there right this big ginger boy well, it was like a man boy like a big you could have told me he was like 12 to 45 and i wouldn't have known right like anything in that range and he had all the best toys we'd go over there sometimes he'd attack us and like there'd be like a pants pooping or whatever it was really weird but he had all the die cast transformers whatever well <laughs> someone got the poor idea to stop showing him awesome saturday morning cartoons and show him uh nightmare on elm street and so one night we're at my grandparents house and this is like an old ass like house right like pump the water kind of house right sure out in the indiana country surrounded by cornfields right and we just hear this we're like what the fuck and I'm like maximum of five years old right now in my life, right? My brother would be four. He had fashioned his own razor glove knife and made himself into Freddy Krueger and scratched through the screen door, busted his way in. or <laughs> it's like, fuck. And we run off <laughs> and we had to sleep in a tree all night because of his unusually shaped body. He couldn't climb trees <laughs> and he had a razor glove on and we had to, hide in a tree till my dad stumbled home drunk from the bar and thankfully realized we weren't home and it was just one of those things he's like whatever the fuck this takes to not let your mom know about this and then the next time we went we never saw cousin jason again until i saw him at a wedding two years ago (laughs) and he came up and now he's just gray as shit right way smaller than i remember and he just goes remember me i was like ah I had a fucking tear flashback.
1: This episode is brought to you by Better Health. If you're struggling with traumatic yeah. memories from your past, talk therapy <laughs> can really be an effective way to sponge right. a lot of the nightmares in your past. Yeah, right. Griffy, what the actual it's, fuck is wrong with your life?
0: Well, I'm saying I got lucky that Jason didn't destroy my boyfriend who wasn't going anywhere and couldn't afford to buy me a ring. Otherwise, I could have had a different outcome in life.
1: I, I just I <laughs> write it. Write all of it down in a book. I don't care if it gets published. I just want to read it. I want to read the autobiography of Griffy.
0: Maybe, man. And Robert England can teach it. Sure. And Pacey can do practical comedy based on it.
1: Pacey can fake his own death in the middle of a lecture hall, and yeah. everybody's just okay with it.
0: I, I, if Vegas was doing odds on Fanduel, I would have bet for sure that Pacey was coming back to be the killer.
1: A yeah. million and a half percent yeah yeah it's a better bet than the jets right now i i think <laughs> I, I think what's so telling about that scene is that robert england is the only one in that entire classroom who's just like ugh, here he goes again like rolling his eyes as this kid is like convulsing on the floor and i wondered if it's one of two things one he just knows pacey better than anyone in that class does and yeah. knows that he's full of shit or kids have just died in his class before and he's fucking over it
0: he survived a college massacre he's not gonna be upset that one comedian got it. Like, he's not going to be rocked. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is very true.
0: <laughs> All right, Brian. I think we've gone as far as the road will take us on Urban
1: Legend. Watch Urban Legend. It's a lot of fun, I promise. And
0: again, we both want to say fun movie. Pretty fucking fun movie. Fun movie. <laughs> Despite fun movie. every single thing we've said about it. <laughs>
1: Here, here's an urban legend i heard once that someone watched this movie sober and it was terrible so don't be like that person the cautionary tale of that urban legend is get very hammered before you watch this movie
0: and to be fair you should be hammered before watching most movies let's just let's just make that a rule
1: <laughs> i le- legally i should disagree with that but i can't in good conscience disagree with that statement <laughs>
0: I know my audience before I make blanket decrees. (laughs)
1: All
0: right, man, do you want
1: to tell everyone where they can find you one more time? Sure. Junk food cinema is on all your favorite podcatchers. wherever you cram things in your ear holes. You can find us. You can also find us on all the social medias. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, just one word junk food cinema. If you really like the show, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash junk food cinema. It's a very low financial commitment that supports the show and we really do appreciate it we we tend to give back a lot of stuff for that patronage Mm -hmm. and we uh we appreciate it
0: the junk food patreon is one of the absolute best communities that you could ever hope to be a part of uh so yeah guys you should definitely do that definitely junk food cinema is my favorite film podcast guys so i would say you guys should definitely go check them out and support thank you brian for making the time man
1: of course. This is, I, I hope to be back and, and talk about movies that are Anytime. a little bit easier to defend.
0: <laughs> all right. Next time, we're going to pick a real banger of a film. Yes. Urban legend, Bloody Mary. No. Yes, <laughs> without a doubt. And next time, your brother Blake will be back. You guys also do a wrestling podcast replay review, which is very fun as well. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, so we missed you, Blake. Uh, we hope you guys all had fun. You know the deal. 31 days. 31 pods. So we will see you guys tomorrow.